Hello and welcome to MapBytes, episode 135. I'm Mike Thomas and I'm here with my co-host Elaine Giles. And in this episode, we're doing the maths with Kitchenalia through gritted teeth. Indeed, we are. Can I just give a little bit of a behind the scenes on this? Go on. It's Christmas Day. It's five to five. The show's got to be ready for seven o'clock. It's a bit tight. And in other news, we haven't had our Christmas lunch yet, have we? No. No, we're moving it to Boxing Day. We've decided there's no way we can fit everything in today. So we'll do the important stuff and we'll have Christmas dinner tomorrow. Don't worry, it wasn't turkey anyway. We were having lamb, weren't we? We were. Anyway, let's do a catch up from last time, which was the Fox's Glacier Mints. Do you remember I made a comment about an advert? In, in mid-air, Fox. Oh, yes. Well, I did a bit of research after that. I had no idea that the bear was a thing. Although it's called Fox's Glacier Mints, the logo was a bear. And apparently this was a real thing. Peppy the bear. Now, when I say real, as real as a stuffed polar bear living in the reception of the Big Bear Confectionery Company could actually be, he was a real thing. He was taken on road trips to promote the brand years ago. Company was based in Leicester and then the factory closed. I'm guessing this isn't that long ago. I'm hoping it wasn't that long ago, given what happened then. The factory was bought by another company, company local to them. And they actually found when they went in there that there was still buckets of mint flavour lying around and chocolate in the pipes. So I'm hoping it wasn't 40 years ago. And Peppy, Peppy lives in the local museum, but currently he's in storage. So basically he's living in a box. Poor Peppy. Poor Peppy. (laughs) I I, I never knew he was a thing. Never knew. Send a rescue out for him. Yes, I think he should be, at least he should be on display, shouldn't he? Anyway, also moving on. Much more important than Peppy was Jonathan's reaction to the last show. Yes, we've taken to premiering the latest MacBytes straight after the daily marooned at MacBytes headquarters on release day, which means we announce that at the start of marooned at MacBytes headquarters. We also tease the title of the show with a blurred version of the poster. Folks have become alarmingly good at working out at least part of the title. Now, As you all know, the next Magpies will be released when you least expect it. We should probably have given Jonathan at least a warning before springing it on him. Uh, He reportedly fell off his chair. No damage done, but he also said he'd love the show the next day on Marooned. So we aim to please Jonathan. And of course, this being the 13th show of the year, I hereby claim an extra point. Did you notice something at the last After Hours, Mike? What was that? We announced we were doing a show on Christmas Day. Jonathan was so giddy, he forgot to claim a point for the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I might. Come, I will ask the umpire about the rules on that when we next convene. But it has become quite a thing to work out the title of the show, which, if you recall last time, was Biggles, Niggles and the Hungarian Keyboard. Well, Johnny got Biggles. He initially thought the colours were the Italian flag. They were, but displayed horizontally, those colours were the Hungarian flag. Deb is totally amazing. She got Bubble Boutique, didn't she? 
Again, all blurred. How do you work that out? Kim got the Biggles penguin. How? It was literally nothing but a blur. You are all amazing. So here's to next time. <clears throat> when you least expect it, which that, that's not true this time, is it? No, because we let the cat out of the bag. It's Christmas Day and we have a blurred poster to share with you. I will report back next time on how you did with it. But even Mike said when he looked at it, they're not going to get anything from that. There's nothing there. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Give them a fighting chance is what I said. You did. So I decided I would unblur one letter. So we picked a letter from the alphabet. It was an M and we decided we would unblur that. But we'll see how we go with that. That's the plan at the moment. But, you know, anything could happen. It's Christmas Day and I haven't eaten. <laughs> right. What else have we got to report back on from the last show? Oh, I mentioned the fiasco of a Royal Mail delivery last time. Believe me, there's been several of those since, but more on that next time. We heard from Tracy with a track and trace trauma of her own. Uh, she was also trying to track and trace an errant missing in action delivery via Royal Mail, unceremoniously presented with a snarky message saying delivery not found error. But she'd copied and pasted the reference from the confirmation email. I feel your pain. Royal Mail are that bad. They border on making the government look competent. And that's tricky. <laughs> but Royal Mail, honestly, I've had a couple, haven't I, this week. I, I'm in the middle of, of arguing with them. So I will report back later next time on what happened with that. But you've got an update as well, haven't you? I have. If you remember, in the last show, we reported that our beloved Manchester United had had their IT systems hacked and there was talk of the club being held to ransom for millions of pounds and a possible multi-million pound fine if fans' data privacy had been compromised. Well, that aside, our biggest problem was not receiving emails containing links to the matchday programmes. But the good news is that side of the things has been resolved. And our emails for the game against Manchester City and against Leeds United turned up as expected. Unlike the team against City who played out a dour nil-nil draw, although it was much better against Leeds. Whether the club ever paid any ransom, it's unlikely we'll never know. Ah, uh, what else happened? Oh, I know. <clears throat> there was a toy, wasn't there, Mike? There was. Another week another Apple product release. I'm actually surprised they didn't hold an event for that. Now that they seem to have got the hang of these pre-records, and you know, at £549, it's not like it's not worthy of an event of its own. Oh, you mean the inelegantly named AirPods Max. <clears throat> All together now. How, how much? much? How much? How much? Yes, no matter how fabulous they sound, the price was the only thing on people's minds. Could a pair of headphones ever be worth £550, do you, Mike? Well, they are described as the magic of AirPods in a stunning over-ear design, featuring incredible high-fidelity audio, adaptive EQ, active noise cancellation and spatial audio. I really sound like I know what I'm talking about. Don't I? Does any of that make a jot of difference to what you're actually hearing? <laughs> not to me, not at all. But they do come in five colours. There's space grey, there's silver, 
there's sky blue, there's green, and there's pink. Well, we know which one I'm not having then. <laughs> it also comes with a soft, slim, smart case that puts the AirPods Max in an ultra-low power state that helps to preserve battery charge when not in use. It requires Apple devices running iOS or iPad OS 14.3 or later, Biggles 11.1 or later, Watch OS 7.2 or later, or tvOS 14.3 or later. So that's me not getting any then. Even if I was going to spend £550, my operating systems haven't been updated. Anyway, what about you? Oh, I can't imagine the difference between a decent but affordable pair of headphones and these, to be honest. I researched these. I discovered it's not unusual for professional headphones to be priced in the low thousands. <clears throat> Reference headphones, etc. Those are headphones geared for production, though. These are more expensive consumer headphones, luxury listening. It may well be a fantastic design in terms of engineering like the expanding headband and stuff, but there's too much questionable about it. The mesh band is questionable in the extreme because both the style of it, the look of it, I don't think it looks great, but also the longevity of it. How long is that going to last if it's fabric? And the way the case is designed, it's also the carrying handle. The metal cups, while they'll last longer, surely they're quite heavy by comparison to others that are plastic. They are the over-ear, though, not the on-ear, and that does make a difference in terms of the comfort. So my headphones are over-ear. Are yours over-ear or on-ear? That's a very good question. <laughs> they're on my... If they, if they pinch, they're probably on-ear. In that case, they're over-ear. <laughs> yeah, whatever. As long as you can hear stuff, you know. Like I say, luxury listening. Um I do like a decent pair of headphones, but I must admit, I wouldn't personally be prepared to pay that for the privilege. Even if I were, and the price, you know, was like, no, it doesn't matter, you treat yourself. The design of them doesn't actually appeal to me. The colours don't actually appeal to me. And I noticed with the colours, everybody who got sent a pair from Apple for review got the green ones. No, just no on that. Uh, and the case, the case is ridiculous. It doesn't look like. When I think of a case, I think of something to protect the headphones. And there's more of the headphones exposed with that case than there is not. So I just think the case is ridiculous. Um, you actually do have no choice but to use it, though. When I was researching, the battery stays on for two hours after the last use. Unless you put it in the case and then magic magnets make it all go down into low power mode. Hmm, I thought. So... I can't imagine wanting to take my headphones off, put them on the desk and put them in the case every time I want a 10 minute break. Um, but the, your only alternative is to take them off, leave them on the desk and then two hours later they'll turn off, which seems a bit excessive to me, but that's me. I did think they did something that was a great idea, poorly implemented. They sell replacement pads for the ear things. They also attach via magnets. £75 for two bits of foam. £75. Um, it, that is actually more obscene than the price of the headphones. It reminds me of the watch straps 
there's absolutely no difference between the Apple bands and the three bands for £5 that I bought. In fact, the Apple, the original Apple band lasted about three weeks before it became stained. This was when I had the white one. The replacement band that I got, which was literally just, I'll get this, that'll see me through for a couple of weeks and I'll find a decent one. That lasted 15 months before it actually wore out. Um, the other thing is it ships with matching pads, these, these headphone things. And I thought, well, of course it ships with matching pads. How else would you do it? But it seems folks are already buying additional pairs in contrasting colours, like they're not expensive enough already. One thing I noticed was no Apple logo on them at all. Mm, I guess they're so unique they don't really need one, but still. It's a, it's a little bit like saying, well, we've put this out, but we're too ashamed to put our logo on it, which I wouldn't actually be surprised about. But I will be sticking with my Teotronics. To be honest, they're similar in, in the way of features. Bluetooth, noise cancelling, awesome audio quality. Um, originally, they were double the current price. So I think last Christmas they were about £65, maybe a little bit more. Currently, the headphones that I swear by are £39.99 and they are worth 10 times that. They are absolutely perfect. They're, they're not AirPods Max. But there again, they don't cost £550 either. But you didn't, you didn't buy those, did you? You didn't, you didn't take my sage advice and buy them. No, I didn't. No, you're a strange boy. Yeah, regretting it now. <laughs> well, they're still available and it's Christmas Day. So um, get in before tomorrow's sale. Mm. Uh, now, what is it about David Hockney and Apple Tech? How many times have we reported on David Hockney? Oh, too many to mention. <laughs> Our first encounter with him was the artwork he created for a new stained glass window for Westminster Abbey. If you recall, <clears throat> it looked like it had been created with a three-year-old with a stubby crayon. That was because he insisted on designing it on an iPad. The iOS-only fundamentalists were giddy with excitement. It still looked like it had been created by a three-year-old, with said stubby crayon. This time, though, I blame Apple. They have commissioned him to create a portrait of Beethoven to celebrate his 250th birthday. Oh, that's Beethoven's birthday, not David Hockney's. Well, as far as we know, anyway. There's a time-lapse of the creation of the thing on Apple Music. Now, I've never even run Apple Music and I have no desire to witness the birth of this either. So I didn't bother. But according to Cult of Mac, it's a great reminder of how Apple continues to epitomise the intersection between technology and the liberal arts. I can only assume they've never actually looked at the finished piece, which is the spitting image of a crayon sketch of David Hasselhoff. You know, when I was looking at this, I clicked the link and I read the story and I'm staring at it and I'm thinking, that reminds me of something. <laughs> Is that something or somebody? Well, somebody, yeah. Was and it David I, Hasselhoff at all? Yeah. <laughs> And with you it just, is, isn't it? Yeah, with you just saying now, I'm thinking that's who it's. That's who it is. I was the same because of the hair. Obviously, David Hasselhoff had the Hoff's hair, but Beethoven had even more of it. And I'm looking, and you know when you do that thing where where you twist your hands around and, look and pretend you're looking through a camera lens. Yeah. And I'm there trying to cover the hair up and the eyes, and maybe add glasses. And I covered the hair up, and I thought it's David Hasselhoff. <laughs> 
So I'm sure David Hasselhoff will be absolutely thrilled with his new artwork. Beethoven, we've not had a comment from him yet. But 2020 has been that kind of year, so I'm expecting one very, very soon. Uh, what other news stories have we had? Oh, yes. In one of the more what the actual stories of the year, and I quote, Apple claim it has enhanced Siri. Got to whisper that, haven't I, in case I set them all off. With 20 times more facts for answers in general. And I, with iOS 14, and now the company's virtual assistant is about to learn a few more tricks, like Siri needs more tricks. Uh, you'll soon be able to ask Siri to play sounds of animals, vehicles, instruments and more. Can I just say, Siri will be thrilled. I can assure you I am not in any way thrilled by this. I was being ironic. I was being deadly serious. So, have you asked him anything yet? Not yet. I'm saving it for a mammoth noises off session during the holidays. I can't wait for that. Well, first things first. The new toys arrived. Somewhat unceremoniously. Didn't we leave our former selves? Chomping at the bit for the arrival of said kid. We did. It was scheduled for the 11th to the 18th of December. I said stock control's gone to pot. It wasn't long before they were reporting delivery after Christmas on orders placed in the last week in November. Which explains why your mum is still waiting for her first iPad, doesn't it? It does. Anyway, back to our toys. Ordered at midnight on Thursday the 26th of November, Thanksgiving night if you recall. No great deal from Apple, but then no great change there. But the business discount was enough to take the edge off the pain. We settled in for the duration of a three-week wait. Now, this was inadvertent, wasn't it? We inadvertently the following week, so after about five days, we checked the progress of the orders, hoping to see it move from processing. What exactly does that mean? We're taking your money. Just processing, but no detail. We were hoping to see it move towards dispatch. We were obviously thus shocked to find they'd already dispatched. Both of them via UPS. Why no email Apple? This is part of the fun, you know. Come on. This was Wednesday. We, would, we were assured at that point they'd be arriving on the Friday. But like I say, tracking the new arrivals or even the dispatch of them is half the fun. Uh, and Apple weren't being helpful at all. According to them, nothing had changed. But I set about tracking it via the UPS app because Apple didn't seem to have a clue what was going on. I tracked it. I was better than the track and trace, wasn't I? Good, the government's track and trace. Should have me in charge of that. Uh, I tracked the IMAX down to Tamworth on the evening of the 2nd of December. I checked again just before going to bed. Now, before you're thinking, why would you check at night? It was 7am when I was going to bed. I'm working nights at the moment. So it was the 3rd of December, 7am. Oh, they had arrived at the UPS depot in Eccles in Manchester in plenty of time for the Friday delivery slot of 1pm to 3pm. I was suspicious. I reckoned it might well arrive that day, which was the Thursday, but I was heading to bed. So I told Mike to keep an ear out as I caught up on some sleep. He assured me I was barking mad. And by close of business on Thursday, 
he was right. No sign of our new toys. So it was looking like Friday then. Until much, much later, when I thought I heard a knock on the door. In the middle of the pitch black night, there were our toys. No dispatch notice, no update to the delivery slot. Apple had no clue where they were. Which was proved when they sent us an it's arriving today notice the following day. Now, I said to you, didn't I? I clearly have the second sight. I clearly am Mystic Meg. And you, you still looked incredulous. I did. You, uh, you did. You did. But I was right, wasn't I? Definitely. Now, the unexpected arrival meant Mike hadn't even finished for Christmas at this stage. And you do finish pretty early for Christmas, don't you? Very early. 4th of December. Until... Well, we said the 4th of January, didn't we? But, you know, we're enjoying ourselves so much on the holiday, neither of us particularly wants to go back to work. <laughs> That's the only problem of having a holiday as long as ours. It's like, towards the end of it, you think, oh, yeah, work. Darn it, I'd forgotten that. <laughs> but never mind. Um, we hadn't got time to move the old kit out of the way to make way for the new. So it was Monday. That, that, that's a full five days, Mike, before we got round to the unboxings. And even then, we had to wait until we'd painted a wall in the office. Don't ask. We did eventually get an out for delivery notice, 24 hours after the computer had arrived. This explains a lot about Apple's supply chain in 2020. Apparently, it had arrived before they'd dispatched it. Under-promising and over-delivering right there, Apple. And that was when the fun really started. You know what I was hoping? Go on. I was hoping that another two iMacs would turn up on the Friday. Yeah, like we didn't have enough to grief with the two we'd already got. <laughs> well, there was that, but yeah. That if if two extras had have arrived, we might have had to have painted another wall. Oh yeah. And we had such fun painting the one that we did. Literally, don't ask. Like you say, don't go there. No, no. But yeah, it's even done, before and the I would new... never bother a tin of paint again. Not until like twenty fifty. Fair enough. Yeah, even before the new Mac was unboxed, I was trying to get my ducks in a row. I don't know if that's a, a UK expression, and if it is, it just means get organised. But that didn't prove simple. For historical reasons, I have got two Apple IDs, which can't be merged. Let's not go there, hey? When you said historical, I heard hysterical. And they're pretty much interchangeable in this case. <laughs> that is very true. Anyway, the problem is that both accounts have got purchases on them. And I made a decision a while back to stop using account number one for purchasing apps. But unfortunately, I can't take those purchases from account one and apply them to account two. So I decided that I would repurchase some of the apps on account two. Now, I appreciate that that will cost me a few pounds. Well, more than a few, actually. And I realised that Affinity Photo and Designer were bought on account one. And I just happened to mention that to you. And you said, well, you better buy them now. It was, I think it was coming up to midnight, wasn't it? And you said, well, what do you want to do with them? What do you want to do with them? And I'm, I'm you know, calm down, dear. And you say, no, no, no. What, what do you want to do with them? And you said, well, you better buy them now as the 33% offer goes off in about 30 minutes. 
which we didn't think would be an issue other than getting you in the store and hitting buy, did we? (laughs) Oh, little did we know. Yeah. Well, my first problem was that I didn't have enough funds on the account. I only had £50 on my, um, I was going to say iTunes account. It's your your Apple account, isn't it? I only had £50 and I needed 66 When I renewed my Ulysses sub a couple of months ago, we had no iTunes vouchers. Well, you know, we've not been out since March, um, so we haven't bought any. And I was about to add a credit card to my iTunes account. This was back in, uh, in, in when I renewed my Ulysses sub. And I spotted that they accepted PayPal. So I decided to do that instead. My plan was to renew the sub and then remove PayPal from the account. But it wouldn't let me. You've got to have at least one payment method on the account when you've got active subscriptions. That's that good of them, isn't it? (laughs) You know, it's your credit card. I'll just put this on and then I'll take it away. Oh, no, you don't. We've got it now. (laughs) So what I did is I decided to add £100 to my account from PayPal. I tried to do this from the Mac. Now, I had done it before from the Mac and I got a really unhelpful error message. All it said was, unable to complete the transaction, please contact iTunes support. Three attempts later, three error messages later, I gave up and tried on the iPhone. And straight away, success, £100 added to the account and Affinity Designer and Affinity Photos purchased. I decided to do a clean install on the new iMac rather than migrate across, and I needed to know what apps I had installed on the old Mac. Now, I was going to actually just go through a list of them and scribble them down or take screenshots of the applications folder, but then I learned something new. If you open the applications folder in Finder, press Command and A to select all the files, or the app files, that is, and then Command and C, you can then copy and paste. Now, I did it into Excel, so I ended up with um, a list of apps down column A1 per row, but you can do it into text editors, you can copy and paste into other spreadsheets. And basically, what that let me do was go through an inventory of what was installed and then cull what I didn't want because there were some apps that I decided against installing. What I didn't realise until days later is that some apps like Hazel and Printopia don't appear in the apps folder as they're part of the system preferences. And that was a conversation that was having with you. You happened to mention mention Hazel. And I thought, Hazel's not in that list in the spreadsheet. And then I thought, oh God, it's it's a, a preferences pane thing. It's It's not going to be in the apps folder hoisted by your own petard you were yeah i took a totally different approach i dug out a spreadsheet that i created back in 2007 for the big leopard move if you recall everything was sorted with that one um i'll cover the highlights of that in a future show but what i did find useful with it was everything was color-coded and it was put into categories of critical, almost critical, etc. But it was funny to see what I thought was critical back then. Many of what I consider to be critical apps now hadn't even been conceived of. So if you think about the things that we use now, that's like, I can't use a Mac if that's not on it, wasn't even on the list. Many of the ones that were critical are long gone. 
but I still use this as the basis for creating the new list for this install. And as I say, it was all colour coded with the stuff where I use a shortcut key and nothing happens. If that app isn't installed, that goes in the critical part of the list. So um, I think it was red at the top all the way down to like install it at your leisure at the bottom. I, I dare not tell how many hundreds of apps were involved in this process, but that was what I did with it. So I do have that spreadsheet. I also have, I, I dug out and I think this was from 2010. I done for a demonstration, we, we discussed re rebuilding a machine and keeping the information for your machine. So it's serial numbers and, and other information away from the machine. So basically something that you print out, something that is paper based. And I dug out that it was a little bit long in the tooth, needed dusting off a bit. But I decided that'd be good for a demo and after hours, didn't I? Yeah. So I've got that as well. Um, so I'll put that with the spreadsheet and then we'll we'll do a, a walk and talk. We'll walk through it so, so you can see exactly what I did. But yes, it's a good place to start, isn't it? Because otherwise it's going to be six months before it feels like your Mac again. So. That was the preparation work done. And on Monday, the big swap took place. What I mean by the big swap is I moved my old iMac into the studio, which at MacBytes headquarters has been my workplace since lockdown in March. The new iMac was unboxed and the RAM was added. That's my job. You wouldn't go anywhere near that, would you? No, scary. No. Hence needing... The Kitchenalia. You always need a wooden spoon on hand, just in case. No two RAM installs are ever the same. They should be. These are, they've got little clips on the side. They should flip forward. You should push the RAM in. It should be fine. Every one is different. Either the cover won't go back or the clips won't go up. You don't push too hard. You certainly don't want to damage it in any kind of way. Hence, wooden spoon. But yep, all of that was done. And no, they weren't the same either. They felt very different. So I then placed the Mac on my desk. I cabled it up and I switched it on. But the big question, apart from the fact, would it actually switch on and the Apple logo appears? <laughs> such faith, such faith you have. This is Apple we're talking about. But That's no, seriously, true. the big question is, would it have Catalina or Biggles? So we waited with bated breath and it was Catalina. I've made the decision to stick with Catalina because I'm not a fan of upgrading the OS on day one or even month one. The last few OS upgrades have actually been around the 11 month mark. So I've given it plenty of time to bed in. Do you know, it's quite shocking that it was Catalina. We do know a couple of people who had bought 27 inch IMAX in the few weeks before we bought ours. And Paul got it first and he said it's Catalina, which shocked me even then because Biggles was out. And then Sarah got one and she said it's Catalina. And I'm thinking, really? Because every time I've bought a Mac anywhere near the update of an OS, even on the day the OS is released, it's got the new one on it. I also noticed as I worked through it, all the dialogue boxes said Mac OS. It did not say Mac OS Big Sur, Mac OS Catalina. It just referred to Mac OS. It's as if they, they, they're not proud, are they? They've not put the logo on the headphones and they've not put the version of the OS in the OS, which 
is weird. It's weird when you're going through it. And the other thing is, you know how we are, the minute a new OS comes out, we are bothered about it. You get lots of messages. This is available. Do you want to update? Install this. And every time you go in the app store, oh, look, new shiny OS out. Not a peep on this, although it's acknowledging there is an update there if you want to update. It's not bothering you in the way it usually does. Have you noticed that? I have, yeah. It's as if they are ashamed. But anyway, carry on. Well, once I turned this on and once I'd logged in and everything, I set about making a few changes. I changed the wallpaper back to plain blue, the one that I've used for years. And I moved the dock to the left, made it smaller, and I removed all the apps so it only shows the running apps. Now, quite a few of the stuff uh, that I use is browser-based. So I pressed command and space for Spotlight because obviously at this point Alfred wasn't installed and I typed Chrome and spookily Chrome appeared in the list. And I thought, that's weird. I've not installed it. That's <laughs> the question why you were trying to run it. <laughs> I think it was muscle memory. OK, I'll let you off with that one then. Um, yeah, so it, it appeared in the list and I ran it and it ran. And I got on with whatever I was doing in Chrome. And then later on, I needed to run it again. So command space and Chrome wasn't there. And I thought, what's going on here? So after a bit of head scratching, I actually realised what had happened earlier. I had an external drive plugged in, which uh, I'd since unmounted. The external drive was my carbon, cl cl carbon cloner. No, I'll say that again. Carbon copy cloner. Yeah. The teeth. <laughs> The MacBite's teeth, special appearance, Christmas Day. I've not, not even editing had any Mike, sherry. not got the time. I've not had any sherry yet. Carbon copy cloner, there we go. Well done. Yay. Yes, the external drive was carbon copy cloner backup of the original iMac, but it still recognised the contents of the applications folder. And what it had done, it had run Chrome from there. <laughs> yet again, hoisted by his own petard. That an yes. incompetence. Anyway, so began the long installation process, and I did start with Chrome. I then followed by uh, that by the App Store stuff, as that's easy, just install, install, install. And then one password for obvious reasons, I need access to my passwords. And then Alfred for the clipboard extender and the calculator, and the fact it's just nicer than Spotlight. <laughs> and then my... The only time I ever see Spotlight is when I get a new machine. And then usually it's like, you know, command and space bar. Oh, dear, it's Spotlight. Install Alfred. That's the first thing I'll type in there. Yeah. But every time I try it, it, it is getting a bit better. I think now it's at the stage. If I was forced to use a Mac without Alfred, I think Spotlight could cope for probably 90% of what I needed. It's just the 10% you love of Alfred. That... Yes, it's everything else. <laughs> Then I installed Microsoft Office for my beloved Excel. And then I installed Parallels for my beloved Excel. Um, you tried to. When I, when I ran uh, Parallels, I got a message. It said Parallels in, is installed on another Mac. Running it on this Mac will deactivate it on the other one. And I was sure the license allowed me two installs, but actually after checking, it's one license per installation. So the credit card took another bashing another license, another £80. 
I then installed Dropbox so that I could transfer the 40 gig uh, Windows VM from my other iMac to my new iMac. And then it was a case of install, install, install. I'm not going to bore you with all the details. You know, for the main part, it was install, enter serial number, allow permissions, install, enter serial number, allow permissions, rinse and repeat. There was one thing worth noting, caffeine which is the free app that sits in the menu bar and keeps the Mac awake. It's no longer available. If you go to their website, it says Lighthead Software is no longer in business. But the good news is in November 2018, it became open source and is now maintained by Intellescape Solutions. And in May this year, they released a version that's compatible with Catalina. So I installed that. I've got absolutely no idea if it's Biggles compatible, but as I'm not installing Biggles, I'm not actually bothered right now. Why did you not listen to me when I told you months and months ago that caffeine was fine as far as it went, but bit on the basic side? And there's the fabulous amphetamine available in the App Store, completely free. Why did you not take any notice? Amphetamine was on my list in the spreadsheet. But it got cold. (gasps) It didn't make the cut. It didn't make the cut. I bet he's never even run it. Well, what's the other one? What's the other one you could have used? He's looking all vacant. Mm. A whim away, a whim away, a whim away. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The lion sleeps tonight, if you remember. The app is called Whim Away, and it's got an icon of, of a lion. And that was another alternative to caffeine. We shall, I tell you what we'll do. We'll do a head to head on all of these. Don't think caffeine will fare well if I've got to go to GitHub and start fiddling with it. But amphetamine's amazing. Totally amazing. I will educate Mike in the week and he will see the error of his ways. (laughs) And I predict amphetamine will soon be installed on his Mac. I predict you're probably right. (laughs) (laughs) But he made a good story. Oh, yes. Oh, I had quite a few of those, you know, like you come to install something, it's like it's not there. Moments myself. Bad words were said. Very, very bad words. Bad words. Now, I'm not one for getting a stopwatch out or use something like uh, iStat menus, but with twice the RAM and a faster processor, I will be disappointed if it's not faster. The point is, it's a newer machine and it should mean that I can run Windows on a Mac for a few more years to come. And that was my main reason for buying it. Well, that was my adventures. Are you going to share yours next time? I will. Because if I don't, this show will never get out on Christmas Day, as we promised. So um, my adventures will um, continue and be reported upon in the next show. Are we going to make a prediction about when that'll be? When it's least expected. When it's least expected. See, we we see from the same hymn sheet there, Mike. What I will mention, though, is um, me blowing a muggle's mind, which is always enjoyable on any level. Uh, We talked about the RAM and once we put the order in for the computers. Now, yours went on your credit card, didn't it? Mine went on my credit card, because apparently if I don't use my credit card within a year, the credit card company get uppity. They sent me a snotogram that said, hmm, you've not put much on this this year or you've not not used this much this year. Cheeky blighters. I put my iPhone 11 on it. How much do they want me to spend in a year? 
Do they expect that every month? I don't know. Anyway, we'd put them on our credit cards and then there was another purchase needed making and that was the extra RAM. We both only went for eight gig from Apple because the price of their RAM will make your eyes bleed. So we knew we would be taking the eight out, labelling it carefully and putting it in the RAM drawer. Seriously, the RAM drawer is a thing at MacBytes headquarters, isn't it? It's yeah. got RAM in there, all carefully labelled. It's like samples of, from Jurassic Park. It goes back to 2006. Uh, but that's what we knew was going to happen. But it meant we needed to source some other RAM. Now, all geeks know the feeling here. You are really giddy. You go to buy something a new computer, an iPad, a phone, some RAM, and you're excited about it. And some ill-educated muggle tries to burst your balloon by saying, how much was that then? And you can tell from their attitude, can't you, Mike, that they're judging you. They are judging you. So I got into a conversation with a muggle about the RAM. Now, the RAM we needed was 128 gig each. And if we'd have got that from Apple installed, you know, so you don't have to fiddle, it would have cost us £5,200 more. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I thought. £2,600 per computer, which is eye-watering. Now, we used a company last time called Mr. Memory, and we only went there. We usually go to Crucial, but we only went there because at the time the RAM was brand new. 2007, the RAM they put in, it was brand new and nowhere had any. But Mr. Memory did. So I remember placing the order Friday night, about 10 to midnight. Unbelievably. I know Thursday night it was, wasn't it? Thursday night, about 10 to midnight. It arrived Saturday morning, nine o'clock, which I thought was amazing. Anyway, the same amount of memory from Mr. Memory was £844, thus saving £4,356. So I got talking to this muggle. Oh, and how much is that then? So I thought, <clears throat> brace yourself. I said, well, actually, you know, we were talking about the computers. And then I said, and then we needed to spend some money on RAM. And it was how much was all that? Cute, snotty voice. So I said, well, actually, we got an iMac for free. And they went, what? What? And I thought, no, 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 seriously, I can do this thing. <laughs> got two iMacs for the price of one. I said, well, the RAM was £6,200 each, which was £5,200. But the actual computer was less than 4000 So therefore, because I only spent 844 on the RAM, I actually got one of the iMacs for free. And that, I proudly proclaimed, is how you justify your tech purchases to your less technically astute partners and loved ones. <laughs> she, she wandered off still confused. <laughs> but that, it's true, isn't it? The maths works there, Mike. You've got to admit, magic math, Mac bites maths. £5,200 for RAM that we paid £844 for. It's absolutely obscene what Apple charged for RAM. It wouldn't take them any longer or cost them, you know, the difference, which was £4,356 to install that for you at the point of sale. Why do they charge 
that much for Ram. And that is my number one question for Timothy on Question Time with Timothy, which I'm predicting, well, yeah, I, could, I could put in a request, couldn't I? Which I'm predicting will happen no time soon because Timmy, not brave enough to come on MacBytes. Many are, including Jonathan, who was on MacBytes a couple of weeks ago, wasn't he? Uh, he was on Marooned at MacBytes headquarters, but not Timmy, not brave enough. Not brave enough, isn't Timmy? Right, what else have we got to do then before I try and edit this show and get it out? <laughs> on Christmas Day. And when I say on Christmas Day, you know, I mean this one. Is there anything else to be done? Have I missed anything? Oh, we've got the next after hours, uh, which is, uh, no, it's not Friday, is it? Because today's Friday. You know that Christmas thing when you lose what track of day, the day it is? I did that about three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm lost. No, today is Friday. Today is Christmas Day. Um, it's next Friday. It's seven days away. It's our New Year's show. It's going to be the 1st of January 2021. Do you think all the Covid thing and the Brexit thing will all be sorted by then and it'll no. all be blissful? No. no, I didn't either. But anyway, there's going to be a MacBytes After Hours. And what, what did we plan? What did we plot and plan? Part two I of Data saying, Types. Oh, yes, yes. You see, you're all sorted. Uh, I, I, oh, I know what it was. It was part two of that fantastic reveal thing in, in PowerPoint. The one we were playing with trying to make a game from. Yeah, that was cool. That'll definitely be in there. Mike was most moved by that. Mm. There's a long story behind that, which we will share with you. But the next After Hours will be the 1st of January 2021. How did it get to be 2021? You do know it's still March in my mind, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's cold and dark, but in my mind, it's still March. Until I leave the house, until I venture beyond the front door, it's still March. We've also got um, a, a more MacBytes, uh, marooned at MacBytes headquarters, because we are now over 280 shows in. It's amazing. We are even going live on Christmas Day. There's no rest for the wicked. We are going live on Christmas Day. Hopefully, by the time we are going live, this show will all be ready to go. What are the chances of that, Mike? Mm, sure it will. Oh, I love your confidence. For me at the moment, 50-50, but we'll see how we go. But do join us every day, including Christmas Day, for Marooned at MacBytes headquarters. Oh, then there was the advent calendar, wasn't there? Which was going well. Um, we even put a little extra one out on Christmas Day. If you've missed that and you'd like to catch up, um, you're going to have to let me know because all the mails have gone now, haven't they? Yeah. Every single one of them. And thank you for all your thank yous. That's really made it worthwhile for us. It's lovely to hear which ones you like, which ones you downloaded, which ones are now critical to you. It's been fantastic. So hope you have enjoyed that. And that's it for this episode of Matt Bites. As always, we'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments and queries by email to the crew at MacBytes.co.uk or use the contact form in the website. And of course, we also have a very active Slack chat room that's open 24-7. Go to MacBytes.co.uk slash Slack and join in the conversation. Now you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Macca. Go on, I knew you would. <laughs> you can f this is what happens when you try and wing it. I'm not winging it. I can't read oh, it. 
You can follow MacBytes on Twitter at twitter.com slash MacBytes. And you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Thomas Mike. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Elaine Giles. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash MacBytesSeries. So until the next time, this has been Elaine and Mike bringing you MacBytes. Goodbye. Goodbye and see you next time. I am only thankful that you weren't winging it if you're that bad with a script. <laughs> Has she done it yet? Done what? The animal's noises off thing. No, but I'm ready for when she does. You are? I absolutely am. You sound like you have a plan. I do. I have a very cunning plan. Are you going to share it with me? Absolutely. Go on then. I plan to store all her requests and deliver them at once. How is that so cunning? I didn't say when, did I? When? When. 1. She's sleeping peacefully and 2. Least expecting it and 3. At the loudest volume I can muster. Living that dangerously, you might not make it to 2021. To cure her of ever asking me to make animal sounds again, I feel the risk is worth it. (laughs) 